Our second lesson today comes from the book of Colossians, a letter to the church in Colossae. I'm reading from chapter 3, beginning with the 12th verse. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is the word of the Lord. Summer Sundays often remind me of summer joys. One of my summer joys was learning how to water ski. If you've ever water skied, I assume you probably remember the first time you ever tried it. You put on a life jacket. It was probably one that was already wet because somebody else had just worn it. and It was cold and gross. And then you jumped in the water and floated out with a bit of trepidation away from the boat. Someone in the boat began to throw you one ski at a time, which were a real trick to squeeze your foot into as you were floating in the water. And then with the life jacket coming up around your neck and trying to balance and the boat slowly moving away from you, you're supposed to balance and wait and keep the rope between your skis. And everyone in the boat is just saying the same old thing over and over. You probably remember, just let the boat pull you up. Just let the boat pull you up. And Everyone is saying it like it's the easiest, simplest, obvious, rational thing in the world. Just let the boat pull you out of the water. It's counterintuitive. It doesn't seem to make sense. You lean back in order to move forward. You stay down in order to be pulled up. And you keep your feet in front of you in the rope between your skis while the boat is pulling your face straight over your skis. And you probably remember what happens on your first attempt and probably your second attempt and even your third attempt. You get a face full of water up your nose. You get your bathing suit practically pulled off, dragging as it's pulling you. And the folk in the boat keep saying the same thing. Just let the boat pull you up. This is hard because we're inclined to want to get up ourselves. That's the natural thing. We're more inclined to do it ourselves, get up on the water ourselves, than let the boat pull us up. As you can see from the sermon title, the topic today is dependence and independence. This is Independence Day weekend. We've had parades and cookouts, lots of fireworks around our city, All the celebrations of the July 4th Independence Day. Some of you recall that prior to my becoming a preacher, I was a high school history teacher. I love American history. 
If you're looking for a good book to read about American history, I commend to you David McCullough's great book, 1776. It's the most fascinating account of the personalities and the events and the battles that led to July 4th, 1776 and the independence, our independence from Great Britain. He unpacks the very dramatic, the daily events, the miracles, the uh, courage, the small feats that took place day after day that led to the magnificent events that eventually led to our independence. We love our independence. We do. It's part of our spirit. It's part of our character as Americans. We love red and white and blue, and those colors have long stood for vigor and valor, courage and charisma, especially in the face of challenge. Many of us have been caught up in the recent days watching the World Cup, hoping that uh, we could pull so hard, looking for uh, our team to have small feats on the soccer field that might lead to success in Brazil. It's all about the human spirit and courage and character and even patriotism. But just as we learn in water skiing, there's more than independence. Indeed, faithful people learn to balance dependence and independence. Psalm 44, which Jeff just read a moment ago, is not a psalm that's on most of our lips. Psalm 44 is unfamiliar to most of us, but it's a psalm that reflects much of the whole biblical story. The story that waffles between dependence upon God and independence, our inherent desire for it. The biblical story is a long story of God giving life and God sustaining the people and the people intermittently trusting God and serving God and then falling away from God. The biblical story is this up and down journey of God and God's people, loved and dependent and then rebellious and pulling away and independence. Psalm 44 summarizes much of that story. Psalm 44 reflects that push and pull between dependence. God established the people. God prevails in all things. And the struggle, the inherent struggle that independence from God brings us. This is often where we find ourselves and where we also struggle. Uh, We are dependent on God God who made us, God who loves us, God who we are to remember, God who expects faithfulness from us. And we're also fiercely independent, seeking to be on our own, often forgetful about whose we are and what our life is meant to be about, often forgetful and often striving for independence and invariably getting a face full of water. We're finding ourselves in other trouble as we try to do it on our own. This is why the second passage from Colossians speaks so well to me and to all of us on this Independence Day weekend. This passage reminds us whose we are. This passage begins as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, which is an affirmation for our lives as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. And beloved, that's who we are. We are God's chosen ones. Holy. Beloved. 
in those moments when we feel most independent, this is calling us back to whose we are, God's chosen ones. In those moments when we might be most assertive about our independence, those words tell us again, we belong to God, holy and beloved. Our lives are for God. And then this passage encourages us in life, tells us how to live, reminds us what we're to be about. Clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and meekness and humility and patience. Bear with one another, it says. Forgive each other, it says. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And whatever you do, do all things giving thanks to God. If, if we take this to heart, those words remind us that there's really no such thing as independence. There's only dependence on God. We are God's chosen. We're holy and beloved. And there is interdependence. We seek to live with compassion and kindness and humility and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, and doing all things in love and being grateful always interdependence. Some of you know that I'm just back from another three-day seminar with police officers. and Police officers who've been in the midst of very hard circumstances, lots of heartache and trauma, critical incidents, we call them. We had the largest group that we've ever had at this seminar. This is the eighth time we've done it. Fifty-three officers came who are trying to carry on, and they carry all kinds of baggage from the critical incidents of their lives and recent work as police officers. We had Virginia State Troopers. We had officers from big city departments like Richmond and Norfolk and Fairfax. And we had officers from rural departments across the state. We even had seven Connecticut State Troopers who are still dealing with the trauma of Sandy Hook. All of these police come for help and come for healing and come for hope. One of the regular pieces of this three-day seminar includes a segment on the search for meaning. The search for meaning. See, when life gets full of trauma and heartache, we want to know if it has any meaning. When life gets filled with heartache and hurt, like these people have experienced, we want to know how to make sense of it. These are basic human questions, desperate longings that touch on faith and touch on hope and touch on God, asking honest questions. So always at this seminar, we have a segment about Viktor Frankl and our inherent search for meaning. Many of you know this name. Viktor Frankl was a Jewish psych psychiatrist raised in Germany in the early part of the last century. Frankl was put through unimaginable indignities and atrocities at the hands of Hitler's Nazis in the 1930s. Frankl's parents, Frankl's brother, Frankl's wife all perished in Nazi death camps. Only Viktor Frankl and his sister survived in their family, and it was only after much torture 
and threat of death. Frankel's book out of that experience is a classic. It's called Man's Search for Meaning. You've probably heard of it. Well, in this book, Frankel recalls one particular day. He was naked and alone in a small room. He began to become aware of how very much he had lost, but also what he would later call the last of the human freedoms. And the only freedom that no one could take from him. No one could take it from him. He became aware that the Nazis had complete control over his life, except for one thing. They could not control how he was going to react or going to respond to their inhumane treatment. It occurred to Frankel, you can do whatever you want to me, but I am free to decide how it's going to affect me. I am free to to decide how I'm going to respond to what you do to me. They tortured him. They could even kill him, he thought. But they could not defeat his spirit. And and this response was totally redemptive for him. This response, this insight was totally life-giving for him. It is so crucial. So crucial for all of us, whether we're police officers or young adults or anywhere in the midst of life and its challenges, no matter where we are, We have to work on this. How do we respond to what happens to us? How do we? How do we respond? This perspective can give us focus and free us, allow us to survive, even thrive, no matter what happens. The critical thing, Frankel reminds us, is how we respond to what happens to us. Remember what Paul says. As God's Chosen ones, holy and beloved, reminding us who we are. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and meekness and humility and patience. Bear with one another and forgive each other and be thankful. Dependence, interdependence, It's meant to be our way of life. In a few moments, we're going to stand and sing, My Country, Tis of Thee. In a few moments, we're going to stand and sing, O beautiful for spacious skies, amber waves of grain. I want to invite you to notice how those words, while they remind us of our patriotic pride, they also enfold us, those very words, in God's care. And they enfold us, those very words, in how we're to live, encouraging us in God's purposes. In a very few moments, we're going to gather at this, the Lord's table. How do we respond? What do we do? We're to remember. Remember whose we are and what life is about. Loving and serving God. How do we respond? We give thanks for our dependence, our independence, and our interdependence. May God bless us. May God empower us in faithful living, always, today, tomorrow, forever. Amen. Let us pray. We believe, O God, help our unbelief. 
and move us, each of us, to deeper trust, deeper devotion, and faithful life following Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.